Welcome to episode 60 of the Rich Roll Podcast with Julie Pyatt. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Rich Roll. This is the Rich Roll Podcast. Hello, Julie Pyatt. Hi, Rich Roll. It's been about eight episodes since you've been my co-host. Has it really been that long? I think it was episode 51. You have such a good memory. I have I no idea I had what look. episode it I was. Checked. <laughs> really? yeah. Well, this is awesome. We're back in the garage studio. We're not in the formal fancy new studio. So, so it might good. be a little echoey because we cleared the garage out for our haunted house over Halloween. So there's a little bit of bouncy noise here. But I thought we could talk. Well, first, let me introduce the show. What do we do here? What do we do? What yeah. do we do? We talk about wellness. That's great. We talk about health. We talk about nutrition. We don't have any specific proper agenda. All we care about is having an interesting, open-ended, long-form conversation about all things health, fitness, and wellness. And along those lines, I've had all kinds of guests on the show, from world-class athletes to doctors to nutritionists to entrepreneurs, all of which uh, are here with the specific purpose of trying to provide you guys with the best information so you can take what resonates with you, discard the rest, and hopefully uh, implement it into your life uh, on your journey towards unlocking and unleashing your best, most authentic self, which is, that's the goal, right? That's right. And in a way... Why is that an important goal? Why is it important? Yeah. Because it gives life meaning. Why should you care? Uh, Well, you should care because if you're not going to know who you are, no one else is. Why is self-knowledge so important? It just is. It is because it allows you to live a meaningful life and be connected and contribute and share with others and live a life of meaning and connection. Yeah, I think Or you could just pass. It's also an option. <laughs> you can pass. You can. You can just sit on the couch. It's okay. Yeah, well, it's sort of like the matrix, right? No judgment. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, if, you're, if you are connected with your self, if you have a greater understanding of what makes you tick and you get to a place where you're comfortable expressing more of that in your life, that you will be a happier person and you will be of greater service to other people yeah. and the world will thus, thusly be more enriched by you treading you know, That's on right. the earth. Well, right? your presence will be a gift to everyone around you mm-hmm. by living your unique divine design. Yeah, so it's, you know, for us, it starts with food, but food is not the be-all, end-all. Remember what, what John Joseph said on the podcast? What did he it's say? like, well, if it starts and ends with food, then you're an asshole. <laughs> 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 Food's the beginning, That's but so food John is not Joseph. the end. I mean, you can get, you know, you can dial in your nutrition perfectly, <clears throat> but if you're disconnected from who you are, uh, or the rest of your life is a mess, then how healthy are you Well, truly? the thing Which is, we're, we're much more than a physical body. So it's body, mind, and spirit. Body, mind, and spirit right. is true health and, mm-hmm. and true wellness. Food is the beginning, I think, of sort of connecting those dots. At least it was for me. I try to just share from my own personal experience. But Yeah, I think it was for you, definitely. Mm-hmm. What about you? No. No? <laughs> no. Food came after? Food came out, But no, food, food provided, uh, well, an illness provided a, a deepening of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that I, I came in wanting to know the question, the answer to the question, what happens when you die, and really, who are we? Who am I? So I was seeking in the crib. <laughs> you were seeking. Yeah, I had, a, I had lunch with a friend the other day. 
and we were talking about um, death and how our culture kind of tiptoes around the issue and we all kind of live our lives pretending like it's not going like to happen. Like it's not going to happen, right. And of course we all experience mm -hmm. it, you know, not just with ourselves, but with our loved ones and and how, you know, the kind of sort of discomfort and all of the, you know, weird emotions that kind of come up when a loved one is in the process of passing. Sure. And, uh, and And how our kind of culture is set up to put the blinders on and, and not really deal with it until we have to. Right. In contrast to something like Buddhism, where the entire religion basically is constructed around the idea of preparing to die. Yeah, right? well, the second you're born, it would be good to start figuring out how to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, so explain that, though, a little bit more. Well, I mean, if you... Um, if you live your life with that awareness, if you, if you have the gift of having that awareness of just how precious this life is and how, I mean, it's a great, great blessing and honor to have a human body. So it's that in and of itself. Like I always say, if anybody ever deny, ever doubted the existence of a God or creation, just look inside the human body. It's an absolute miracle. Um, and when you gain the awareness of how um, how um, sort of non-permanent, the impermanence of the world, this world, the physical body, and how everything goes through its process, um, that doesn't have to be, a d I'm not, I don't live a depressing life, I live a very connected, meaningful life, because I'm very, very aware um, of its impermanence and of the power of the present moment. Right, well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, essentially what you're saying is the more in touch you are with the reality of death or the more you can kind of embrace that reality and not to say welcome it, but just to be in appreciation of the inevitability of that, then the more I think you value your moments. Well, it gives your life great meaning, you know, really deep meaning. And then you start asking yourself the question, you know, one of my favorites is if I only had four months to live, what would I be spending my time doing? And, and, and how are my choices in alignment with that? Or what am I doing that's completely irrelevant to what I, what I want to express or experience in my life? And a lot of times for me, I think it's really powerful to identify the emotions that you want to experience in your life rather than the actual uh, event. Because, you know, from where we sit, you know, you may not have the expanded perspective of your soul or a greater consciousness. So, you know, I always call in the things like, I wish to experience grace and joy and creativity and peace and health and connectedness, the, these type of emotions. And then um, that seems to work in a more powerful way. Right. But that can also be really amorphous, like to say, I want to, you know, my priority is to experience joy more joy in my life. Like, well, how do you get from A to B on that? Well, you don't need to... <laughs> you know what it's, I mean? It's like, kind of two <clears throat> things. I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying, but just, you know, just be open and expanded about this word, uh, because um, if you get too specific, like if you decide in your mind that, you know, X is going to give you joy. I mean, how many stories do you hear of people that planned their ascent, you know, on a certain track, and when they got there, they discovered that it wasn't what they were looking for. So I'm just, I'm just, right. I'm just presenting that possibly and most likely your soul knows better than your personality knows. So yes, you do everything else and you vision and you, you know, you, you create and you, and you take action, but always with the awareness that there's something greater. So if you, 
get out of the specifics of a certain, see, the specifics of something can also be a prison if you're too tight with it. So in my meditation that I offer, that's our gyre release meditation, there's a section in it where it, it calls in the experience you would like to have in your life. And that works also well as part of the meditation because I can't know all the people that are downloading it and what their plan right. is. Right. I think it's also uh, a question of who you choose to spend that time with. So you want to experience these emotions, but also who are you choosing to share that journey with? Well, yeah. And I mean, the, the other thing is, is, um, you know, there are spiritual teachings around who you spend your, you know, who, who, what company you keep. So there is vibration and there are, you know, healing things about certain energies that could be supportive to a certain person. And then there are very destructive energies that are not supportive at all to a certain person, neither good nor bad, just different. So um, if you are clear about your mission and, and where you're going, you it will support you to find like-minded people to gather mm -hmm. with right. that will support you. And hopefully this podcast I is providing is. <laughs> a few, at least a few yes. breadcrumbs uh, for people out there who are, you know, trying to identify what that is mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, I mean, I think it's profound. And I think that, you know, we actually weren't going to talk about death, but it's so great that you No, we made a list up. of all the things we were going to talk about. about we're immediately talking about something death else. Death was not so. on the list. Well, I know, but no, this, is, this is the beauty of the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I really think that that's amazing. And, it, and um, I think that... Uh, I know that there is a lot of, um, would be a lot of gifts and comforts out of actually discussing and expressing this openly. I mean, I've had experiences with close loved ones in my life that have died. And, um, you know, for the most part, no one, no one knows what to do. They don't even know what to say. And it's kind of, it's really sort of the surreal, ridiculous situation because one thing is certain, we, we all will die, all of us, at some point in the journey. So I think the more that we get comfortable with it and get familiar with it and are able to support, and because, you know, the death of a loved, of a loved one is very traumatic, very, you know, most often. Um, and, you know, the death of yourself could most often be, you know, kind of a big deal. I would qualify that as profound. As profound. In, in, my, <laughs> in my life experience. No, but, you know, you know, the thing is, is it's like... Um, in some of my travels of studying spirituality, um, you know, it's explained to me like, okay, so imagine you're going to die. Okay, so you're, you're going to die, which you can... I can't imagine that. You can't? You should. Well, that's the point. That's like, I don't think about it that much. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Every right. time I say goodbye to you, I am aware of that. Yeah. Every single time. Um, Continue. But anyway, um, uh, what was I saying? I can't remember the now. Being aware of being profoundly aware of the the reality of that you will be that you will. Oh be. right, okay. So if you want to, okay. So let's just say like you're okay. So you're my teammate. You're my partner, right? And let's say I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die, right? Which is let's just compare it to like becoming a birdman and dr and jumping off the side of you know Chamonix in one of those suits or something, <laughs> which mm -hmm. would which would be very scary to me, although exhilarating. So if you start to view death as that sort of a jump, like you're jumping into another experience, right? So I don't want my wingman or my partner going like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, like in a panic. Like I need you to be solid for me. 
and I need you to be seeing the best outcome and sending me positive energy and saying, you know, that's why a lot of people say loved ones will hang on until they're given permission. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're waiting for the ones that are here to not be traumatized. Right. So I think that I know that if we um, use that energy and of course, you know, grief is, is an actual physical thing and, you know, I have experience with it and um, it can't really be avoided and shouldn't be. But in those times, like at least right around when the body is dropping and the soul is going, if we send that soul with grace and blessing and good thoughts and almost like they're going on an expedition somewhere, mm-hmm. um, that's more supportive. Right. But <clears throat> our fear culture uh, tends to approach these things differently. And whether somebody's on the precipice of, of passing away or they've contracted, you know, a serious illness, you know, leukemia or something like that, you know, people have a whole uh, panoply of different reactions to that that generally come from a place of fear. Like, for example, you know, people that have cancer will say a lot of their friends avoid them because they don't know what to how, say. What to say. It's mm-hmm. not because... It's not malicious or anything like that. It just it freaks people out so much that they can't really deal, and so they'd rather just not pick up the phone or not visit right. or or whatever, and pretend it's not happening or just don't really know quite how to act. Right. Yes, it's true, and also probably the real underlying fear in there is that it's contagious in some way. <laughs> yeah, maybe possibly. So, but you know, it's a you know it's a profound thing, and it's a part of life. And you know, there's birth and there's death, and you know both. Both are, are passageways, and um, we could all benefit by having this discussion together and, and um, you know, being more open about it and sharing, and it's extremely painful and profound and traumatic, and, you know, it brings you to your knees. I mean, it's a, it's, but it's a sacred opportunity to deepen your awareness of life and to really cherish what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. The irony being, of course, that I'm looking at you across the table and behind you, the entire wall is sprayed with like red blood paint from from our Halloween party. Yeah. So I'm looking at this sort of gruesome depiction on the wall behind you, uh, which which leads me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is kind of recapping um, our plant powered Halloween party that we had here. I talked about it a little bit the other day on the podcast, but I think it's worth kind of... um, Hearing your perspective on, I mean, it was your idea to do this. Yeah. You birthed it. Yeah. And we had this amazing experience of trying to do something different that cuts across the grain of most people's idea of the Halloween tradition while still trying to stay true to what Halloween is and should be about and make it fun for kids, but do it in a way that is more, I guess... Uh, enriching or on a higher vibration right with the exception of the blood splattered all over the wall behind well, you you got <laughs> yeah. to deliver like, yeah. you got to have that you can't you, you could we could not have that anyway that was tyler's love offering but let me just tell you i'm not going that way so don't worry about that the, that blood thing was yeah, not my thing i did well i did that with the, <laughs> i did that with the girls i think <laughs> No. So anyway, well, you know, it, first of all, it was, it was an amazing experience. I'm very, it was very, very, um, well, explain the idea behind what you wanted to do. Well, and why you, you know, it's just this it. thing, you know, I get this kind of inspiration and it seems so natural to me and so easy to me. And I just think that everybody's going to jump on board with me. That's my, that's my naivete of my perspective because I don't really see, um, that much separation between me and really almost anyone. And so 
I'm just looking at what we're what we've been doing as parents. Okay, so we have Halloween, and a, a parents are getting more and more conscious about all the candy and the waste and the plastic and the paper. And you know, we go from house to house, and there's lots of plastic and lots of you know store bought plastic plastic costumes and this kind of stuff. And most parents are trying to either bribe their children's candy away from them or, you know, say that the candy fairy will bring a gift and they'll take it back. But a lot of people don't want their kids eating that kind of candy. Right. And at the same time, we all love Halloween. It's a great holiday. We want to enjoy it. And it's a, it's an amazing time for a parent to kind of bond with your child. Yeah, you know what I mean? To create the costume together. Mm-hmm. To, what's the plan? What are we going to do? How are we going to put this together? And then going from house to house and trick-or-treating, especially when the kids are real little and they're not sure, you know, do they have the self-confidence to go knock on a door? And all of these sorts of things are built into it that make it so magical. Yeah, it's so sweet. I mean, it's great being out in the night air and being out with friends. And, you know, so I think for a couple years, I've been going to Whole Foods or going to natural markets looking for candy that I could have or that I could give out or that I could insert into the process. And then you're the creepy weird mom with the who's handing out apples and is like a big bummer. <laughs> no, the, the rest of the kids, says, you know. The, no, the house that gives the toothbrush. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, yes. We're like, yes. And the kids are like, oh, this There's sucks. always a dentist. Yeah, you knock exactly. on the dentist, the dentist's house and he's handing out. They're like, like, look, mom, I got a toothbrush. And you're like, thank right. God you got a toothbrush. No, but um, so anyway, I just had this, I had this idea, you know, we have this amazing sacred place where we have our beautiful home and you know, it's a, it's a beautiful community space and, um, you know, there's no lights around here. We don't have any convenience stores or anything. So it's very, very, very dark. And we're I not just, on, we're not on a trick or treating route. Yeah, like we no one would knock on our door mm-hmm. to go trick or treating. We, we around have. where we live, we have to go to a neighborhood where then, the, you know, the sort of the streets are kind of, we have of to crash somebody and, else's We live kind of on a highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, I just had this idea that we could just get together and we could have a plant powered Halloween and make good treats but a party a party that that were sweetened with you know maple syrup or dates or raw honey and actually get involved in actually creating these treats that would be individually packaged in parchment or tissue paper or something that wasn't plastic throwaway um, we wanted it to be a no trash event and um, we wanted each family to bring something to contribute. So you would bring a pop-up table and come and set up your own station so that we, we could sort of mimic the stations and the kids could go from place to place and still feel like they had a little of the trick-or-treat um, experience. And then even more than that, or along with that, would be we supported making handmade costumes uh, that the kids liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think part of that is you know, parents are busy. It's so easy to just go to Target and like pick out the whatever, you know, and, well, then you're, and, I mean, and you're done, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. when you're busy and you, you know, and, and the stuff's so cheap now, it's like, it becomes almost difficult to not do that. And right. yet, you know, cause the idea of actually making a costume is hard. Like I'm not somebody who knows how to do that, but to actually do it and show up for that and do that with your child is an incredible experience to have. And it's, it's very meaningful. You know, right. Well, and it's true. And it's not like, you know, I mean, hey, there weren't rules. It doesn't mean that you couldn't use a mask and then make something else. But it's just like, just don't go the buy the whole plastic thing and go, here you are. Like, you know, put some thought and some energy into it. So we had two workshops here um, prior to Halloween. 
and uh, to help design to help that. and just help other people. Like, let's say there's somebody who doesn't really know what to do, you know, just to get the community together, and you know, somebody else might have a good idea that could support another child or parent or family. So anyway, it was um, it was really amazing, and it was also I definitely got pushback. I definitely felt yeah, so the how energy. So how did it how did it go down? Well, it was kind of, it's like that thing, like the people that you think are going to be there are not the people that actually came. You know, like mm-hmm. there are certain people, families, I was like, oh, absolutely, like they're going to be there. And, and then it didn't work out that way. And so, you know, we put the energy out. And again, it wasn't a public event. It was a private event um, just to, you know, keep things secure and, you know, make sure that, yeah, just it's, it's not really a public event. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's a community event. But anyway, it was... You know, I just, I felt the pushback. I felt some of the frustration of the parents for two reasons, and I thought it was interesting. One of the reasons why, we had like five families kind of blow up right at the end and, and pull out and say they're not coming, and they were coming originally. And part of that was because um, in some situations the, they had like a revolt in the family. Like some members of the family were just like, that's it, I'm not doing that. Like I'm I'm going on the trick-or-treat route. And well, you it. can see a kid saying, look, I want to go with my friends of from course. school, and this is what they're doing, and I'm, I want to go to this neighborhood. And, of you know, course. So it's hard. It's totally. hard to, like, you know. Totally understand. And then the other reason was I had some families not come because they couldn't figure out what to bring, which I find kind of more interesting. But, again, it's like, you know, when you haven't, made something yet or you haven't or you haven't prepared using these other ingredients it can just be overwhelming mm-hmm. and i would never have said that someone couldn't come if they didn't have something we would have made we would have made made it work right we have tons know. of stuff of course so but anyway all in all i had we had like 50 or 60 amazing people here we had um we had uh, someone brought a, a uh, came as a gypsy and did tarot cards um and someone else, um, my friend Michelle, brought the real meaning of Halloween and made like, um, you know, brought the history and everything else and made these little cakes called soul cakes. Um, and we had another family that came and had all pumpkins and we had, um, you know, uh, kind of Rice crispy treat things, homemade chocolates, homemade fudge caramel apples all right so it wasn't <clears throat> you still was, had sweets for the kids oh, that they like and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but just not really you know not the snickers bars and all that right. kind of stuff right and uh, our friend ron he probably had the best costume he made what did he call himself i mean his he had he made a mask out of a real pumpkin that he put over his head and he had it he had the inside lined it was so good and then he had these gloves that he attached carrots to the ends of him like he was a walking you know creepy jack-o'-lantern and it was pretty amazing yeah he was great he was really great so anyway it was really um it was really fun and the kids had a blast and i I don't feel like any of the kids and it was a wide age range of children Mm -hmm. um felt like they missed out on anything. Or no. so, I mean, they had a blast and they were running around, you know, playing games and playing hide and seek out in the yard until late. And everybody left kind of enriched and excited and thinking, you know, oh, next year we'll do this. And, yeah. you know, we can do this. And so it was the beginning of <clears throat> what we hope to be a tradition. And the reason that we want to share about it on the podcast is because we want to um, really support other families out there that are interested in looking for another kind of healthier option to Halloween. And, and we did it as an experiment and we didn't do it perfectly and not everything worked out the way that we wanted to. And I think it's a, it's a testament to how difficult it can be when you decide you're going to do something that cuts across a grain that is very entrenched and 
our culture. Mm-hmm. And Tyler and Trapper, our son, spent two days and they created, they made a, a haunted house. And, and it, I think that really maybe that was the first time they ever worked solidly, solidly for two full days straight creating something oh, totally yeah. on their own. And they did it for the party and for the children. They did an amazing job. It was really good. It was cool. Yeah, our whole garage, we, we, they took everything out and created this amazing haunted house. And it was really, it was pretty it was Pretty great. cool. It's quite so, something. I'm, I felt very, you know, very fulfilled and very connected. And I think that families that came felt the same way. And we had a wide age, age range, like you said. We had a lot of babies, which was great, you know, because those are the those are the up, up and comings all the way to age 18. Miss right. Tyler was the oldest. And then they played hide and seek in the dark until really late and didn't want to leave. And uh, I think they all had a great Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. My only... Uh my only misgiving is that I could have dialed up my costume a little bit better. You could have. I, I missed been the so mark good. a little bit. I was I trying to go as Warhol when I saw you. Everybody thought I was Warhol. It's I was you trying had bangs. to go. I was trying to go as Julian Assange, the which was guy. actually epic. And I was wearing all the clothes he wears, and and I just couldn't find quite find the right wig. I should have just dyed my own hair white. It would have looked more apropos, but. It's still kind of an Honey, obscure. There's, there's always next year. Yeah. Well, I already, I already know what I'm going as next year. <laughs> okay, with it. So, but you my thing tell. is, I never, I don't tell anybody. He I just, just shows show up. up. Right. That's so good. So we got through Halloween, um, but now <clears throat> we're officially into the real holiday season, well, that's and right. on top we have all on of tap. the. Yeah, on top, <laughs> we've got Thanksgiving right around the corner. And before you know it, it's Christmas, New Year's, and Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yeah, like everything is coming up now, and everybody's gearing up for mm-hmm. the holidays. And we thought it was an appropriate time to kind of get into how to best navigate um, a period of time that can be tricky for a lot of people, uh, dietarily, mm-hmm. nutritionally, mm-hmm. but also uh, relationship-wise with stuff that you know comes up with families and. We didn't want to do it like the day before Thanksgiving. Like no. we have a little bit of time, we can talk about this kind of stuff. And we wanted to share some nutrition tips and and recipes and some things like that to help people kind of stay on track with their uh, plant powered diets That's throughout right. the holidays That's and right. and strategies for kind of navigating the holiday parties and friends and family and pressures and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so I guess we would say. Um, before we get into it, <clears throat> we do have our cookbook, Jai Seed, which has got a bunch of recipes in it. And we have our online Mind Body Green course at mindbodygreen.com, the ultimate guide to plant-based nutrition. And we do talk about holiday stuff in there mm-hmm. and kind of how you navigate social, tricky social situations and parties and travel and all of that. So if you haven't checked out that, you might want to uh, go there and have a look at that. But we'll talk more about that stuff today, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean in uh, in Jai Seed, we've got a good you know a good core of holiday recipes in that in that cookbook, so you definitely can use that as a jumping off point. But I also have some new things that I'm going to share with you. I'll include a few recipes with this um, podcast. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break 
a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem. A problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life and recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. So holidays, recipes, Yeah. what are so, we talking about? 
Well, I think, um, so um, just to get into the food a little bit is, and to empower all of you to, you know, just be free to create some new recipes of your own. So if you start to think about the holidays and what are the flavors that remind you of that, you know, special warm and fuzzy place called home that you used to think was associated with a turkey, a sad turkey that gave <laughs> his life <laughs> for your pleasure. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. A sad, really fat Very turkey. Sad. Well, if you killed it yourself, then I have a little bit more, you know, I come from a hunting family, so I can I can give you that one. But Did I your know, dad used to hunt the family turkey? No, but one but one time uh I mean I can it's really bizarre, but I swear to God, he used to kill um pheasants. So for people pheasants. that might be new to the show, explain a little bit Sorry, about your dad. I come from Alaska and my dad is a hunter. And so I'm a yogi and he's a hunter, so we have this very extreme existence and we um he's still married to my mother he's my father and uh he's awesome right. and he's just very different than i am so yeah, he's a fisherman yeah, and a hunter amazing, and uh, amazing an outdoorsman man. and a card carrying member proud card carrying member of the nra That's who, right. who moved your family from That's colorado right. up to alaska That's when right. you were young Right. And uh, he has lived the life of Indiana Jones That's in many true. ways. The Actually adventures true. that that guy has mm -hmm. lived through are extraordinary. And he met your mother while he was mapping the jungles in Chile. That's right. And, and he's crashed his plane on sand dunes off Ecuador or Nicaragua, this right? Is and true. Circled by sharks and jumped onto low flying helicopters. I mean, the guy's like, he's a pretty incredible guy. He is. Very resourceful, amazing person. That's right. And he just turned uh, 90 <clears throat> this year. Mm -hmm. And I actually am going, uh, we are going to go up and, and be with them with my other brothers and sisters. And I'm going to be cooking plant powered. Actually, he's asked me already. So mm -hmm. it's a new experience for us, which this is, is going to be great. This is, yeah, this is an amazing thing because this mm -hmm. is a guy who, <clears throat> you know, is, is very, um, particular about his meals and his game meat and you know what he puts on his plate and has lived his life in a certain way and the fact that he is open to the idea of Julie preparing the holiday meal it's a plant-based meal it's pretty is, miraculous is, is, is quite extraordinary not only yeah. that but he's he really wants you to give your speech about your book <laughs> I know so <laughs> we're going up to Alaska to over Christmas so he's, yeah, he's trying to get me it's a book sweet. so if anybody's listening but, out there who lives in Alaska if uh, if there are any groups up there that are interested in kind of hosting some kind of an event for yeah, me to let come us and speak, know. you know, send me an email through the website. That would be great. Thanks, you guys. So anyway, so getting back to so it's really the flavors. If you think about you know what you know what kind of spices and what kind of flavors make you feel like it's the holiday meal, and those uh, tend to be um, herbs like rosemary, um, sage, thyme. Um, pumpkin pie spice or nutmeg cinnamon um, cranberries always make me feel like it's a holiday meal I can't do it without cranberries gravy absolutely gravy gravy is a big one and probably if you're really going for classic you'd need a mashed potato I mean there's other potatoes you could sub but you're going to want a mashed potato on on Thanksgiving or mm -hmm. holiday meal right and then the other thing would be stuffing so, and, you know, some pie options, and by that time, you're pretty much bloated and laying on the couch. <laughs> Watching the uh, Detroit Lions. That's yeah. right. So That's how right. do we, how, do, how can we get all of these wonderful holiday spices and flavors into our meals and still eat 
healthy. Well, so we're not bloated lying on the couch. So I mean, life. think of preparing the things that you normally would prepare, and think of um, think of using those type of spices. You know that 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 flavor things that make a difference. So for instance, like I'm creating a gluten-free stuffing. I'm going to talk about that right now. I haven't even, I haven't achieved it yet. So hopefully I'll, I will have achieved it in two or three days by the time this goes up. But, um, so what I'm, what I'm feeling is that I could do it two ways. I might do a polenta, which is like a cornmeal that you can uh, bake and then cut into squares you know, so that it's sort of like a bread bread stuffing. And I could also just get a really um, good quality gluten-free bread, you know, like Rudy's or something. Mm -hmm. And from the freezer case, it's sometimes in the freezer case. So what I would do is I would cube that, dry that bread out a little bit and then cube it up. And then I would start preparing to add my other spices to it. Can you get a GMO-free polenta? organic polenta? Um, see, that's the thing. And that's the reason why I'm not sure if I'm going to do a polenta or not. I don't, I don't know. I corn, I have not seen one. Corn is increasingly scary. It is kind of scary. Let's forget the polenta. Just do it <laughs> with a, yeah, that's good. That's really important. So I'm going to do a, a gluten-free uh, bread and I'm going to season it and I'm going to add some dried seaweed. I know it sounds like a little scary, but when you think you want to get some salt, into it, right? So rather than load the bread with salt on the front end, I'm going to get some dried seaweed, toasted seaweed, organic. Um, like sometimes, nori, you mean? Yeah, it can be nori, or it could be it could be some other varieties. You just have to use your intuition, you know. But in some of them, you would soak first. But um, maybe not a nori because it might be too papery. I might use something a little bit more sea vegetable-like, vegetable but not a whole lot. Like just maybe in a whole pan of stuffing, like, you know, a quarter cup of some dried seaweed. Okay, I'm just going to start to try to flavor the breadcrumbs up a little bit. So I'm going to put that in there. Um, I don't usually cook with garlic, but since it's the holidays, I might um, go ahead and put some garlic in, either chop it up and grind it or I could roast it and add it to you know afterwards um, I'm going to put some celery in because celery always feels like Thanksgiving or a holiday meal so I'm going to chop some some celery um, and then I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm going to get the best wild assortment of mushrooms so a mix like a box of a mix of mushrooms and I'll probably put in maybe two cups of mushrooms that I saute first and season with lemon and a little namashoyu. I'll write all this up for you guys so you don't have to be taking Right, notes. I'll put the recipe up in the show notes. Right, so I'm going to sort of combine all this together. I'm going to take the drippings from the mushroom, which is going to start to soften the bread and sort of, you know, you know how stuffing kind of sticks together a little bit. So you're crumbling up the bread, though, Well, right? it's, it's already crumbled. You just can kind of cube it you know, and have it in a, have it in a, in a pan. And then you start to add the, the seasonings to it. Then you saute the celery and then add it to it. And then you're going to saute the mushrooms and then add it to it, keeping the liquid. It needs some liquid. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we already have a little bit of seaweed in there. So we're going to check the salt and see how it is. And we may need to sprinkle some sea salt in there. And then I'm going to see kind of how that looks. Um, if you're a person that likes uh, apples in your stuffing, then you could, you know, chop some apples and put those in. If you're a person that likes pecans in your stuffing, you could add that in right, at that or point. Wal or walnuts, maybe. Either walnuts or pecans. I have a son who doesn't like fruit in, in straight ahead food, so I have a restriction there. I can't do that. Um, so that, that would start to sort of 
show you how you could do a stuffing without turkey fat and without any uh, God, my my family used to put like all the guts and everything else right, in there. Yeah. Like, you know, you need all that. So you don't really need all that, and you can get the flavor with the with the seaweed. And, and then the, if, and the mushroom sautéing the mushrooms will give it uh, enough sort of uh, moisture to give it like that sort of um, I don't know. So it's not like it's a kind dry. Of, yeah, yeah. So that it's and 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 keep in mind if it's dry, you can always just add a little filtered water. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go to the fat. You can just add a little filter water, check it out, and then, you know, season as you go. And you're going to be serving it next to your mashed potatoes that I'm going to tell you about. And then um, also you're going to be serving it with a great mushroom gravy that you can pour over the top of it. Right. So, you know, that's just an idea of of how you can start to do that. And, of course, you could add all kinds of other things that that you like or you crave. But that's sort of like a good base to start with for a stuffing. Base stuffing. That's right. Okay, so that is right. that clear? So that's stuffing, yeah. Okay, good. And then, of course, you're going to want a mashed potato. And we have a great mashed potato recipe in Jai Seed. Um, it, is, it is made with, veg, with veginase. Um, it's not low-fat. So don't think that if you're eating these potatoes every day and you want to lose weight, that that's a good thing. <laughs> right. So, therefore... Um, if you're training a lot or if you eat a really clean diet and you're going to have it occasionally, it's not to have every single night. But since it's Thanksgiving, it's in there and it's amazing. Right. And, and uh, veginase, there's a couple different kinds that are made with different kinds of oils. We usually use the one that's made with grapeseed oil in it. <clears throat> and there's a new product that just came out uh, called uh, Just Mayo. Yeah. It's that's made by... Um, <clears throat> a new company that's behind Beyond Eggs, uh, and it's called, uh, it's Josh Tetrick's company. Uh, what is it called? Something Farms. Um, we'll get I'm it. I'm forgetting it right now. But anyway, it's a new company um, that is, you know, one of the one of the many new companies that are coming out that are making very interesting um, meat and egg and cheese and anal- dairy analogs. And uh, that is not to say that it is a whole food or your best option, but for people that are transitioning and just feel like they need like something that tastes like eggs or meat or dairy or whatever. They're great to kind of help ease that transition, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try the new, that new mayo product this time. Right. And see how it works. Is there a way to make mashed potatoes without the veginase and without, it's for people that want to do a truly like sort of no oil, low fat version. Well, you know what I would do? I would do a, a combination of, um, of cauliflower, and potato. And that way, um, you could, you know, it's, it's all a matter of creamy. You could try it that way and add some nutritional yeast, um, you know, add some garlic, some sea salt. Um, and that might be a really great option, especially if you're going to do it, if you're going to serve it with mushroom gravy, that would be a much cleaner way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be good. Definitely. Um, and then the other thing is cranberries. So, all right. So do we give people how to make these mashed potatoes though, or well, I mean, that one's in Jai Seed Cookbook, so I don't, and the, we have, uh, so I think I'm going to, I'm going to share some of the other ones okay. that are more, I mean, unless you want me to go through. Basically, you just boil the potatoes. I like using red potatoes, and I, I don't like anything that's time intensive, so the reason I like red potatoes, organic, I use everything organic, so I'm advocating that. If you, ha- if you have that ability, please, you know, I recommend it. <laughs> I think it makes a okay. big difference. So red potatoes? Red potatoes, you're going to boil them in a big pot on the stove with the skins on. And then I leave the skins on. 
I don't take them off. But if you wanted to, after they were cooked, you could kind of rub the edge under cold water and the skins just come off. And then you'd have to spend hours peeling little potatoes. Mm -hmm. So I usually leave the skins on. Um, I simply drain them, put them back in the original pan that I had them in. And then I use a little olive oil, a little um, earth balance, and uh, and a lot of, ve- of veggies, uh, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how creamy or how thick you want them, but... All right, so if you, you want know, that whipped, boys. like the kind of whipped vibe, yeah. you would mm-hmm. use a lot of veginase. But if you said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I need to go no oil, no, mm-hmm. no veginase, you still have these boiled potatoes, and you can mash them up and use maybe a little sea salt and B12, or I'm, not, I'm sorry, uh, nutritional yeast. And uh, It'll w- that would work that better way. if you added the cauliflower in. But if you add the cauliflower in, how are you doing that? You're chopping it up and you then would just bo- mixing it up? You would steam it, it until it's really, 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 really soft and then add it in and then mix it in with the potatoes. I see. And that gives it more of a, a creamy... Yeah. And you could also process it. You could beat it with a beater at that point. Mm-hmm. If I was going to really mash them, though, I would take the skins off. But I, I sort of cut mine with a knife and they're sort of chunky style. Right. So... Those are the two variations. Right, like chunky peanut butter. Absolutely. Like there. All right. Okay, so then getting to cranberries. So cranberries are really tricky because cranberries are really super tart. And if you're making them the traditional way, they require a lot of sugar. So what I discovered was... Yeah, I think, not to interrupt, but uh, when people buy cranberry sauce, like canned cranberry sauce at the store, I think people have no idea how much sugar is in that stuff. I mean, it's almost entirely sugar because they are so incredibly bitter on their own. Yeah, they are. So, um, but what you can do is you should cook them on the stove in water and... You know, the more water you get, the runny, the runnier they're going to be. So not that much water because as they start to cook, they release water. So I would do, you know, depending on how many cranberries you have in there, like half as much water, like don't cover the cranberries with water and put it on high and just start cooking it and let them break down, let them break down, break down, break down. When they get more broken down, then I would um, suggest uh, adding soaked dates so you're going to add anywhere from probably five to seven or eight dates um, and just add them in and then go ahead and cook them a little bit more and you could transfer them to a processor or a Vitamix or, and actually whip them and incorporate the dates. The dates, dates in. and, the, and the cranberries yeah. together or yeah. the dates separately? No, 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 them. together, like into the cranberries. So the, the dates are going to sweeten the cranberry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then at this point, now, if you do that, it's going to be a very fine. It's going to be a very fine cranberry sauce. Another way you could do it is just chop the dates kind of thick, and then add them. Of course, take the pits out. Add them to the cranberries and continue to cook them as they start to reduce down. And then you're going to have to taste it and see. At the end, you may add some uh, organic maple syrup if it's not if it's still too tart, or you could choose. Preferably when it's just warm, not hot, you could add some raw honey and actually incorporate that in. And that is going to give you um, a cranberry sauce that has no refined sugar. Mm -hmm. And I don't think cranberry sauce is really supposed to be super duper sweet. No, but... You want it sweet, but it's not like a dessert. No, it's it's like a chutney. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a side. 
Right. So, um, and for, you know, lots of people don't like to use honey, so maple syrup or d- right. dates yeah. would be fine. Would be fine, yeah. And then, of course, you can add um, cinnamon if you prefer, or some people like to add orange um, or any nuts. You know, I just, I kind of like mine just blank, just right. straight ahead. All right, so we got the mashed potatoes, we have the cranberry sauce, we have the stuffing, mm-hmm. and Mushroom gravy. Let's go to mushroom gravy, yeah. So again, you're going to have gone to, it's so worth it to go to a farmer's market and just find some really good mushrooms. It could be any kind, but of course, the darker they are, and if they're varied, they add more flavor. Um, You also could use a mixture of dried mushrooms because dried mushrooms you can soak, and then that water gets really kind of brown and mushroomy, and then you can use that to, to, to season. So what I do is in a saucepan over a flame, um, I'm going to saute the mushrooms in a little bit of olive oil. When I saute in olive oil, I'm talking maybe a tablespoon. That's all I put in, maybe even less. It Just enough, because I really don't like things oily. So, so it's, it's just enough to put that little film on the bottom of the pan so that it doesn't stick. Yeah, and it doesn't even go everywhere. Like, it'll get spread around. But just really, really look at the oil quantity you're using and see if you can cut it in half. Because see how much excess, just out of habit, you know, we think that it, that everything needs so much. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put the mushrooms in and you're going to saute the mushrooms. Um, let me back up. Could Take, you use coconut oil instead of mm, olive oil? No, I, I wouldn't for this. Because you're going for this specific kind of, um, it's kind of like a... Um, it's, a, it's a specific taste and the coconut oil... Even though it's some heat, it kind of gets um, neutral. It's still going to have that kind of island thing, and it I wouldn't do it in <clears> this case. Right. All right. So then if you're going to use olive oil, then you need to make sure you're not overheating. Yeah. You don't want your flame on, like, high heat. You no, want to keep sh- it at a very low Yeah, it should simmer. be lower, definitely. Or you could use grapeseed oil, or you could use um, macadamia nut oil would be the best because it won't have the coconut and the nutty flavor would actually assist in this. You could also use a mm, truffle oil too. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, I'm going to back up a step. If you, I'm not a huge onion advocate, um, but this is the one recipe, one of a couple recipes that I will use a little onion in. So if you get a shallot, which is like a small kind of onion, it's a shallot, it's not an onion, but Um, A small shallot or about a quarter of an onion or even an eighth of an onion and fine chop it. Put that in the oil first, just enough to get it going. And when it starts to sort of brown, then add the mushrooms. And you've washed the mushrooms and de-stemmed them and you've put them there. Mushrooms have a lot of water in them. So you'll start to saute that. And then when they get nice and brown... Um, get a half of a lemon and squeeze the lemon over the top of them. Um, at this point, you're going to transfer them into a Vitamix. Do you have a question? No. Okay. You're going to transfer them into a Vitamix, and you're going to um, puree them. Um, Can you use a food processor, Julie Pyatt? Mm, you you could. It would. It will. It'll have more of a grainy. I mean, of a what if you don't have a Vitamix? You just have a could regular. Do, you blender. could do it in a blender. You could do it in a regular blender. You could also you could do it in a process. Mm. 
So you're sa- you're sautéing them. They're hot. You're putting mm-hmm. this hot li- this yeah. hot mixture into the Vitamix, and you're yeah, you just turn it off and mm-hmm. then just spoon them in. But that's the beauty of the Vitamix. It really yeah. does completely liquefy mm-hmm. it into like a real gravy. That's right. And so, but what you're going to do is you're you're going to need to add some fluid. So I would start with you're going to get something called arrowroot, and arrowroot is a powder. It's white, and you can find it in your baking section, and it's a thickener. So it actually helps things set up. Um, you could also use something called agar flakes, um, or you could use something called Irish, Irish moss. Um, but I use arrowroot for this. So it's like cornstarch. So if you put it in water and you don't, like let's just say you dumped it in and you didn't blend it, it, it gets clots in it, like these you know, chunks of, mm-hmm. of uh, powder. So you want to put it in a cup of water and beat it with a whisk. So it's all blended. And then, um, I missed a step. Okay, go back. We're going to put, just go ahead and put some filtered water in the Vitamix and turn the Vitamix on and get that going and see what they can, with the mushrooms and see the consistency that it is. Then you're going to taste it and see if, see how it is. If it needs more salt, you're either going to add sea salt. You could add a handful of olives, Kalamata olives and blend that. And when I get it kind of the right flavoring, I'm going to transfer that mixture back into that saucepan that I sauteed the mushrooms. And now I'm going to take the arrowroot that's been dissolved in the water. And while I'm whisking, I'm going to whisk it into the mushroom. Okay. And that will thicken it up. What then, is it? What is arrowroot? It's a, it's a root. <laughs> I don't know. It's a powder that they. It's in a, and it's a thickener. It's natural, okay. and I don't know. I I really don't know that much more about it, but I know right. it's a great thing. So you 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 take what you've Vitamix and you put it back in the saucepan and you turn the heat on low again and then you add this air, this sort of arrowroot right. that you've already whisked. Right, and if you and then you add it to desired thickness. Right, right, like, and if you were a gravy maker, if you ever made gravy in your life, it's the same process that you do with like the pan drippings. You you have to add flour into it, or and you. You beat mm-hmm. it in. So it's the same gravy protocol. You're just using a different thing. Okay. So, and then at that point, it depends on how thick you want it. You know, if it's too thick, you're going to add more fluid. And, um, you know, hopefully it's not going to be too thin. It'll probably not ever be too thin. Right. And uh, I can attest to the deliciousness <laughs> of this gravy. We use it all the time, and it really is quite mm-hmm. tasty. And I don't think about regular gravy at all and I don't crave it anymore because this stuff completely hits mm-hmm. the spot and if you put this on your mashed potatoes or your stuffing you will definitely be having your holiday meal <laughs> experience I mm-hmm. mean it, it tastes it's just as satisfying and dairy free meat free You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. 
There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation. A groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. So there you go. So that's three recipes, four recipes? I think that's four. Um, but it's still, we still have the, the elephant in the room, which is like, what are you going to do? If you don't have turkey, what are you going to eat? What are you going to do? Well, okay. Um, I actually have Or the big ham. The big ham. Um, well, what we would do is um, I've actually created a series of um, vegan meatloaf recipes. And I actually developed this when we were living on Kauai in the yurts. It was one of... One of our great joys was cooking over there all the time. Um, so I make a tempeh meatloaf um, that is, it has a lot of ingredients in it. So um, I don't know that, I, that I'm, do you want me yeah, to do my, it right well, now? Well, no, because it'll take like 25 minutes to explain. Right, exactly. So um, what we're going to have to give it to them or that's not going to be cool. Well, they're going to be without their turkey. <clears throat> yeah, all right. Well, I'll, so put I'll just it, do it real quick. Well, just do it real, just okay. go over the basics of it, and I'll put the recipe in the show okay. notes, so you're going to have to go to richworld.com to get to the get it. instructions. Okay. okay, that sounds good. Okay, so the vegan meatloaf is basically tempeh, and uh, you crumble it up, and you're going to mix it with a bunch of different um, herbs and spices, and then I make this um, roasted um, tomato sauce that we add in, and uh, you bake it in the, you you shape it into a loaf, bake it in the oven, and uh, it's awesome. It's a mm. really hearty, really filling, um, and it has uh, you know veggies in it, um, but really a great flavor. So next to the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, <laughs> the mushroom gravy. You're sort of there. You're there. I mean, right. we just need to do dessert. So what you need to do? It's Saturday now. We're going to put mm -hmm. this podcast up on Monday. Oh my God! Can pressure. you write a blog post with all of these recipes yes. out? And do we have any photos that we could include as to well, what all this stuff looks like? My plan is um, yes. I would say the answer to that is yes, because um, I'm going to do uh, kind of a spread on Sunday. So right. I hope you're hungry. Oh, good. So we'll photograph that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And get it up. Actually, no. I want to mention. I want to mention our Twitter friend. Actually, who's coming over? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I have the great pleasure of cooking for a guy named Al 
Is it Sergal or Sergal? And he is he's a the jazz uh, chaplain. he's the jazzy chaplain. <laughs> no, jazz chaplain. The jazz chaplain. Yeah, and he as a somebody that we've met on social media and just one of those dear people. I mean, just bless this medium of of communication that we have. But one of those people that for some reason connected with us and and uh, we've met by posting on each other's, you know, Instagram, Instagrams, and, Twitter. and Twitters. And uh, he's a he's a beautiful family and just adopted a new little baby boy. And anyway, so he's in town now. So um, he uh, he tweeted me and and uh, and I said, why don't you come up and we'll we'll have a spread with our families. So and we're looking forward to see now. Yeah. So we're going to meet him and his family. We're going to cook up a holiday meal. Yeah. We're going to photograph it and we'll maybe get play a, some music, play some music and we'll document it. He's a rock drummer. Get, that's right. <laughs> that's that's so right. Good. And, uh, and we'll, and we'll get that blog post up when the podcast goes up with the recipes for yeah, that'd be great. So, and then the, so the last thing is, is pumpkin pie. Um, oh, right. so I'm going to put it's in nothing there. nothing without dessert. Yeah. You got to have pumpkin pie. So there's a pumpkin pie in the Jai Seed cookbook. Um, but I have new evolution of pies that I'm doing that are mostly raw. So the way that I'm going to do this pie is I'm going to, uh, cook a real pumpkin in the oven and I'm going to take the mash out, and I'm going to combine it with well, that's coconut. That's not raw, meat. then. Well, I said almost raw. Okay. I'm going almost to combine. raw, except the part that you're cooking the pumpkin. Yeah, but it's different <laughs> because it's mat. No, but usually, honey, when you make a pumpkin pie, you're taking it out of a can. Like no, that's I know. the standard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you the pumpkin's too hard. You can't. You know, you couldn't eat it. So I'm cooking the mash myself. So that's fret. You know, very fresh, organic, and then I'm going to mix it with um, coconut meat um, and some other ingredients, and it's going to go into a uh, pecan date crust. Right, the crust is raw, mm-hmm. and it's there's and it's, no grain in the crust, right? It's just no, nuts and just dates. just nuts and dates. And then that's going to be frozen, so it's actually a frozen pumpkin pie. Right, these pies are insane. Like, mm-hmm. after you have these pies, you can't imagine going back and eating a normal pie they're so good it's so good and you're like, and your why stomach do you need, feels good why would you need dairy and eggs in a pie anyway Mm-mm. you know you yeah, don't like you really these pies don't. are so good and they're so fresh and and but you don't after you whoops um, i just spilled um after you uh eat it you don't have that um crazy like sort of food coma where you gotta you feel no. like you gotta lie on the couch and no. watch football for three hours no so hopefully all this food will be that for you but um the one thing that we want to just uh, mention again is we always advocate and that is that before you embark on your holiday journeys wherever they may take you and you're going to friends uh for different meals or families or preparing your own please do um start your journey off with a large blend of greens um, I made one today for Rich and for me, and it was with um, Italian black plums, black grapes, uh, cranberries, um, and mm-hmm. uh, hemp seeds. Mint. Mint. Fresh Thanks. mint that you That's picked right. from the exactly. garden. And um, anyway, so it's always good to start with that so that you get your nutrients and you're energized and your body is fed. And so you're not going into these situations starving. I mean, that's my rule wherever I go, holiday or otherwise. If I'm going to go over to somebody's house to eat or I'm going to a restaurant that I've never been to or, you know, a work-related food occasion or something like that, I always drink a <laughs> Vitamix before I go. So at least my body has been nourished before I go. And then if it so happens that there aren't that many 
things that I can really mm-hmm. eat and feel good about. That fine. at least I'm I'm okay and exactly. I can sort of pick around or whatever. Um, it's just like a safety. You definitely measure. eat less, and it just it's just a much better experience all the way mm-hmm. around. Yeah, and you don't walk in starving and craving right. some, and then end up eating like the thing that you s- promised yourself you weren't going to eat. Exactly. Exactly. So this is, we've covered like the food part of the holiday yeah, equation, and, which is really just the beginning. And also before we go, I just want to mention, so Mind Body Green program, which Rich and I have um, available, has um, actually a demo of me making the, uh, the pie crust, one of the pie crusts, right, and right. processes. Right, there's a video on you and, and then understand that if you, the Jai Seed Cookbook is part of, it comes with the program. So... If right, you, if you get you the if you get the uh, the ultimate guide to plant based nutrition at mindbodygreen.com, you get the cookbook along with that. Right. So, anyway, so check that out, and you know we have lots of lots of tips and information, and you know all of this is about kind of seeing our process and looking at the recipes and using them as a base point, and then of course adapting them to your own family's traditions and your own way and your own creative expression yeah it's not like this is the only way to do it this is just a few things that we've done that we found to be helpful and you may have you can you know take some of this information and expand on it and hopefully you you will yeah and then share it with us um so you know yeah this is all fine if you're gonna make some stuff at home and have some people over but that's not always the case you're gonna get on an airplane and go to your aunt's house or you're gonna (laughs) go drive across town to your brother-in-law's house or someplace where you don't have this kind of control over the food that's going to be going on. And then, and also, um, and this is the other kind of side of it is, you know, walking into potentially emotionally charged environments. This is kind of what holidays can be about for a lot of people that trigger them into unhealthy behavior patterns, you know, and I see this um, you know, being a recovering alcoholic, you know, the holiday times can be triggers for a lot of people. And there's always a lot of kind of discussion about how to navigate um, these treacherous waters uh, with your head held high and kind of, you know, making sure that you're walking the path that you want to walk. And, you know, uh, these relationships can be emotional minefields. And, you get triggered and then before you know it, you're eating something you don't want to eat or you're saying something that you didn't want to come out of your mouth and then you're in a fight and, you know, like everything devolves and then you're like, I hate the holidays and, you know, and then you go home and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and Mm. drop into a shame spiral. So how can we, how can we, how can we, how can we do it differently? Well, let's see. I mean, first of all, from, from my perspective, um, I've always wondered, I've had a big, there's, I feel like there's a big inc- inconsistency with the natural rhythm of the planet and what's happening. So if you look at the seasons and what is happening, like what happens on the 21st of December on the solstice, it's like, it's the cycle, it's the year and the cycle of nature and everything is dying up until that point. So for me, I feel a tremendous amount of violence and disconnect between what's going on in my external world and what is happening within myself. And this often can um, really make, you know, can lead to depression and to, it's, it doesn't feel right. It's like, I'm supposed to be really happy. I'm supposed to be celebrating and wanting to spend a lot of money, a lot of like outward energy. I'm supposed to you know, want to be around a lot of people and a lot of parties. And really the only thing that I want to do is really go crawl 
you know, in a comfy blanket and turn the fire on and have a cup of tea, you know? So, right. The, and, and part of that is because it's dark, you know, right. so much early. Like for me, I'm very sensitive to the light. Like I do not like this time of year where it gets dark at four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah. Like I really, it's not like the, the one holiday experience that we had that was different was when we went to Chile, South America, where it was summer there and it was like light out until 10 p.m. And I was like, we should come here every year (laughs) for the winter. Um, There's something about that shortened day that really hits me hard and and definitely affects my mood profoundly. Right. And so, I mean, I just wonder, and of course, you know, we're, we're speaking to the Northern hemisphere, I guess we right. should, we should say, because yeah, this Australia podcast goes all yeah, around because exactly. you probably have a different experience, but for us here in this hemisphere, this is, this is what it feels like. And so why are there so many suicides around this time of year? Why is there so much depression and so many people that are lonely and don't have families and feel forsaken? And, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I tease with, you know, my own family that, you know, I think Christmas is great, or I think gift giving is great, and I love it. I'm all for it, but could we just please do it in the spring? Could we please do this in May? <laughs> you know, and don't be afraid because I'm not going to advocate that because I'm sure that would be way too much of a push. Yeah. No one would, no one would do it. But I do have some ideas about, you know, how to how to navigate through the holidays in a sustainable way where you can make sure that you you self-nurture, you take care of yourself. So you have a consistency, you have a balance. And I, I think it comes with really identifying what is really at play here and, um, you know, the role of consumerism and how this whole thing gets sort of implanted and placed on everybody that, you know, we well, have these to... these expectations mm-hmm. are created that we have to live up to, and, and for a lot of people, it's too much. And we've been in that situation where we, you know, didn't have two dimes to rub together, and we're going into the holidays, and, you know, it's like, how are we going to get through this? And, you know, here we are, you know, a couple of days after Halloween, and you go down to the Commons, which is a little outdoor kind of village mall in our, in Don't our town. Don't tell me they have the bell And they on. have, well, the bell has started, oh you know, the, the Christmas chimes. and so the bad. And the, you know, the red ribbons on all the light posts yeah. are already up. And, you know, it's like, what, we just started November. Like, it's mm-hmm. begun. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every year it starts earlier and earlier and earlier. And it, it wears you down. Yeah. And then by the time, by the time the day's here, anyway, everybody's just stressed out. It's like, I've had enough, you know, I can't live up to that. I can't, uh, you know, I can't deliver. And, you know, the kids are all swept up in it as well. And it's, um, I really, I really feel like it really is a violence and it's a setup. And sadly, many of us, because we've equated you know, how much you love your child and what kind of gift you give them or can you deliver and come through for your, you know, your baby. Sadly, many of us either are or have in the past just charge it, you know, charge these expenditures on a credit card. Right, deal with it later. And then, you know, you feel really good for a minute until, you know, that thing that you've suppressed comes up and you hit January and it's like everything is really out of balance. If you really look at the amount of stress that that puts on your, your, your system, your family, it's uh, it's really not sustainable. And it's a big yo-yo, you know, it's a big, you know, high for a big low. Um, and I, I think there's other ways that we can start to shift the way that we interact with these holidays. All right. So what do we do? 
What do we do? Well, first of all, just realize what's going on and realize that the natural cycle of life is maybe a little different than what is going on at the mall. And um, I think that... Um, what is, go- what is, going, what on is going on at the mall? What is going on at the mall? I don't know. Thank God. No. Um, it's just... Um, I would advocate, and I know in our own experience in times, one of the great blessings that we had of having tough times is, is, um, you know, we have done things like we've created a a creative contest, you know, where we took teams and each team had to come up with a present that had a ceiling. It had a cap on how much you could spend on it. And there were certain parameters around, you know, the event and then we went away with our prospective teams and we made these gifts. And then on Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate, we presented these to each other. And it was actually really funny and really fun and really maybe more about what the holidays should be about. And that took time that we spent with each other, creating something, doing something, making something. So yeah. again, and it's there's the, no doubt that kids will remember those experiences more than, Oh, I got the new Kindle or whatever. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> I remember one year we were, we were hurting pretty bad and, and I was trying to come up with something creative to do with the kids for gifts. And, um, <clears throat> Mathis and I went to target and we bought like a, like an eight pack of, like white t-shirts, Hanes undershirts or whatever for like $5 or whatever it was. And then we, we bought some sponges <clears throat> and some paints. And then we just, dis- we like painted all the t-shirts. We painted like a different t-shirt for everybody in the family with different colors. And, That's right. I love that t-shirt. And, yeah. And then we just gave them, and it was cool because like math has got to paint, you know, have a creative expression of painting these shirts and creating something. And then that creates an emotional connection to the gift that you're giving. Like you really, you know, she painted it and she really wanted to see what Tyler or Trapper, how that, how her brother was going to react when he opened that up because Mm -hmm. there's a pride of creation that goes along with that. That's right. And I remember Trapper and I made a short film. Mm -hmm. Trapper wrote and uh, starred in a short film. I think we (laughs) talked about it on the podcast before, but we could have, did you ever put the link up to it? Cause it's still, uh, T- Trapper ultimately wanted me to take it down. Oh, he YouTube. didn't want you Yeah, to he have got it. embarrassed. He but he made this awesome like video that we put on YouTube where uh, it was called it, the journey. Yeah, it was called the journey. And he did impersonations <laughs> of all the all of my spiritual teachers that I had. Right. I had yeah, he with. dressed up in costumes and he imitated all these different. Yeah, sort of like uh, it's expanded consciousness it's personalities. And yeah. then, uh, and then mocked like the kind of couch potato dad who was watching football on the couch yelling for <laughs> it was really funny actually. Funny. And it was set great. to music and, and we had, and we had a friend. And you were and so was, surprised. No, I did. It was, yeah, it was my, awesome. yeah, it was my gift. And yeah. you were, sh- you were so surprised. It was and great. And we're still talking so about hard. it. And if he had just given me like a shirt or something, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even remember now right. like what he did. Right. So, you know, you could do something like that. And, and again, or you could do a hybrid, you know, you could just designate like, okay, this is the allocation of what everybody's going to get. So Santa's bringing X. And then after that, everything else is homemade. You know, it's same thing with a Christmas tree or in this kind of process, you could find a tree in your yard and put lights on it, or you could find a tree out on the street and put lights on it and see if you get away with it. Um, and you can also don't go crazy now. You could go crazy. So getting, hey, I, no, like, I just saw. You're I telling just, people not to go get a Christmas tree. I know what I just so saw. You're getting fringy. I know, and you guys fight w- with me every year, so I'm just putting it out there again because I would, I would like to be able to do that. They always outvote me, and then they go get the tree. 
Well, anyway. not everybody, you know, has a tree in their yard too. What if you live in an apartment? We have a city? tree in our yard right there. I know we do, but I'm <laughs> saying if people who are listening I'm just suggesting living in an apartment. It's a suggestion, right? right. Yeah. So people could decide if they want to do it or not. So the other thing that I've done over the years is I've done different kind of theme um, Christmas trees. Like one time I did, I just took all the toys from my children's room and I decorated the tree with all of their toys. Right. Like, you know, so did we do a Dr. Seuss tree. Yeah, I did year? a I did a Dr. Seuss tree right. with a pink wig at the top, and it was, that was a whack. That was totally that was, whacked. I know. So and it yeah, was every really year, fun. like rather than unpacking all the you know boxes of ornaments, we do kind of a different theme for the tree every year and do something different. And it could just be you know homemade cookies. It could be you know old school popcorn, or it could be you know, gardening tools or just something really innovative. I'm sure, you know, everyone could come up with some really amazing creative stuff. Um, so that's another way to sort of not buy into more pla- more plastic and but more how do waste. You, how do you do that when your kids are like, have an expectation that it's going to go a certain way or you've been doing it? Like, let's say somebody's listening it and like, well, for the last 10 years, we've done it this way. My kids are expecting that, you know, they're going to get X, Y, and you Z, and like meeting. I'm starting to freak out. <laughs> you have to have a family meeting. And I mean, the thing is, you have to be realistic, too. I mean, life is not, you know, I have a dear friend of mine right now who's going through what I call the dismantling. And, uh, you know, for the first time, you know, she, uh, you know, is really, da- really down to, you know, hardly any flow. And she, you know, was going to have to tell her daughter that, you know, she couldn't buy her certain certain clothes or a certain meal, you know, this week. And, you know, this is part of the gift of these experiences. You know, life is not about always getting what you want. That's not necessarily the meaningful experience. And kids are resilient and they're expanded souls that have lived thousands of lifetimes. And they're, it's not like they can't handle it. Nine times out of 10, they can handle it way better than we can. Mm -hmm. So in our case, you know, and my style is to, you know, treat them with respect. And, you know, we communicated really very openly with them about our choices and why we made the choices we made and what we were exploring and what we were endeavoring to create. And that wasn't always easy. And they share. That way they have a really good idea of how to recite it to their therapist when they're they're 20. Well, whatever. That's a joke. I know. (laughs) Maybe not. No, I mean, I think just being honest is, you know, really the best policy in, in my in my experience. No, I think, I think the most important thing is that the kids know that they're loved and that y- you have their best interest at heart and, and uh, everything else a- after that falls into place. And so whether you can go out and buy a ton of gifts or you're in a year where that's not going to be possible... If the kids know that they're loved and respected, then everything is going to be fine. Well, also, you know, and they I can participate in creating a new way. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Huh. You have to look at it not as a sacrifice or something negative, but as an opportunity to, to have a different um, experience and, and express something That's differently. Right. And I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, the kids can relish that opportunity. And the pressure really is felt by the parents, not the kids. Mm-hmm. It's the parents who are desperately feeling the pressure, so the social pressure from family and friends and, and project it onto themselves from their imagination that they have to live up to X, Y, and Z or Christmas or the holidays or Hanukkah or whatever it is is going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think sort of releasing yourself from that pressure and just trying to, you know, 
do what is your, what is sort of within your means is yeah. much you know and and being okay with that being is, sustainable and there's also a very much larger conversation that's right at hand that's affecting all of us and that's the you know the the consequences to the planet and what is going on in a greater playing field and you know do they want to have a part in changing the course of the future you know it's just we're just not in the in the age of con, you know where consumption is what it's all about you know we're all learning how to simplify we're all learning how to connect in a deeper way right i mean the holidays are really you know the heart behind these holidays is is really rooted in service and like you know sort of you know serving mankind and on a higher plane mm -hmm. right so it's not about getting a bunch of gifts that are made in China and that you have to jackhammer open in plastic containers that are impossible to open without, you know, some kind of high-powered scissor machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that the kid is going to look at it and enjoy for five minutes and then discard because everything suddenly is, mm. you know free compared to what it used to be like when we were kids, essentially. And instant gratification. Yeah, there's this instant gratification kind of thing that goes along with the holidays, and we've really lost our way with that, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it really should be about service. So whether that, you know, that can take the form of a formal, you know, like, oh, we go to the soup kitchen, or it can yes. be something simple, you know, and, and you know, not like sort of attention grabbing at all, just a gesture here or, you know, anything like that, or just sort of carrying that consciousness, that higher consciousness of like, how can I be helpful to somebody else in need today is really what the holidays should be about. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's another way you can always share food too. You can share good, healthy, vibrant food that mm -hmm. it comes with love that you prepare that's from organic sources, pure sources, and you can pass the gift along to someone else and just introduce them, make them a great dish and show up with it. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof, with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. You know, that could, that could be the beginning of a major shift in their lives. Mm -hmm. How about the dealing with the emotional sort of component of mm. the holidays and sort of, you know, the travel to the relative's house or we have to go see this person that I have a history with and how's it going to go? Like all that kind of highly sort of charged, not baggage is the wrong word, but like, <clears throat> you know, when you have to go, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not articulating it very well. Yeah, you go, you, yeah. you know, it, it, the holidays inevitably involve kind of being in social environments that maybe you wouldn't choose to be in, but are sort of uh, compelled to attend out of familial obligation or, or otherwise, blood. right? And yeah. so, and this causes a lot of people a lot of distress. Yeah, and this is because, you know, we come into these families, um, you know, m many times for the purposes of healing. So that's why if you're sitting there scratching your head going, why did I end up in this family you know, where I don't relate to anybody or there's such a wide range. It's because 
there's a lot of transformation available when there's healing that can happen, when, when both sides can kind of transform and sort of overcome. And that being said, it's, it's the most charged and the most difficult, you know, like, you know, they say that it's easier to go meditate in a cave, you know, in the Himalayas than it is to go home for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no question about so that. So if you think you're enlightened, go spend two weeks with your relatives and see how that's going. Um, but what I would say, and something that I've learned over the years, it's been a, a valuable tool to me, and, and, uh, and there is a, a very strong aspect of it in the Jai Release Meditation. There's a second component of it, which is a visual, visualization, a third, I think it's the third component. It's a visualization of, of sealing yourself in your own field. And um, again, I talk about this kind of frequently, but I really feel strongly from my experience, this is one of the greatest thing you can do for yourself to connect you with your soul mission and also make sure that you are not absorbing other people's energies that are not your own. So um, that being said, um, let's say you have a, a charge with somebody that's just so, it's so hot that you couldn't even bring it up with them or, you know, you just can feel the imbalance bubbling right there, that there would just be a huge fight or a, a huge issue. Well, you have one option and, and one really great option to not having a physical confrontation with them, like in a real person. So if you just could imagine and just um, entertain that thoughts are things and emotions are things, and so you can feel them in your body, and even though they don't have a physical um, form in front of you, they do have an effect. Um, so if, if I had one of these supercharged situations, I would choose not to have the confrontation in the real physical, because the thing that you want to avoid is any explosions or any imbalance where you're in extreme anger or, you know, screaming or all this kind of stuff that's extremely detrimental to your health. Um, it's detrimental to really everybody. It affects everything when you enter those spaces. So if you could um, sit down quietly in a place alone, first see yourself sealed in your own container, um, you know, like a bubble of light to be very basic. And in my meditation, there's something much more uh, um, developed. But if you saw yourself sealed in this bubble of light and then you um, ask the higher form of the person that you have the charge with to come forward and you are going to have a conversation with them. This is a visualization it's type thing. a visualization thing. type thing. And I would say an imaginary conversation, but it's not really. It's a real conversation. I, will, I, would, I would suggest that you speak out loud to them. So you're going to call them in front of you, and then you're going to have this time to say everything you need to say. You can say, you know, why, why you're mad at them, why you're sad about them, why you're hurt, what you thought was you know, what you're holding on to, what you're resentful for, <laughs> what you wish they had done differently, you go through all of it and just say it, like right to them, like as if they were standing there. And then after you've done that, you're going to ask your um, higher self um, and that person's higher self to disconnect any cording between the two of you. So thoughts are things, so just imagine that from this experience, there's a charge, right, that you're feeling in your body. So there is a charge. It's existing somewhere. You may even feel it in your body. You may say, oh, it's in my heart. Or when I sit there, I can feel it in my right shoulder. Or it's down my spine. Or it's in my head. 
So as you identify it, please ask that any connection be removed from you and that this connection be moved away, right? So again, you're clearing the field, you're keeping your own field, and you're giving the field back to the other person that you have the charge with. So are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. So then at that point, um, you should ask that the qualities of unconditional forgiveness and unconditional forgetfulness be activated in the experience. And then you will be able to thank this person for this exchange because everybody is our teacher, even if it hurts or doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. It's still your teacher. And from that point, okay, then you close, you, you can say, you know, this is ending and I'm, I am claiming my own power and my own will in this moment. When you go into the real life situation with this person, see if you can maintain a neutrality, neutral loving compassion. So um, no one is any better than you are and no one is any worse than you are. They have their right to their own experience and their right to their own choices, just like you have a right to your own experience and you have a right to your own choices. And you can just let it be. And I would stay very neutral. And, you know, I've, I'm, in my experience going into situations, this has been invaluable, an invaluable um, healing for really everybody. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, you can't predict. I'm not saying, you know, you're going to end up being best friends or, <laughs> or not, you know, I can't say what's going to happen. All I can say is that this is going to clear the charge so that when you walk in that room, that pain body is not looking for yours. Right. <clears throat> I think the thing, yeah, it, it's about trying to train yourself to be in a neutral place so that when you walk into that environment and that person predictably says, you know, X, Y, or Z, usually that thing that is always going to get under your skin, that it's, you know, it's water off your back and it doesn't, it doesn't like provoke you in the way it historically has. Well, right? and by, commu <clears throat> but by communicating and by taking care of your part, because the reason it's pro pro provoking you is because you have a charge. So if you deal with the charge that's in your own field and you've actually done a service by assisting them to deal with their own, I mean, at least by removing the, the tangled energy, right? I mean, the they haven't... The polarization. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't been able to talk to you about how they feel about you because you can't do that for them. But at least you've removed yourself out of the tangled situation. <clears throat> you have mm -hmm. a much better chance of there being a healing or maybe they'll just naturally move away a little bit and it'll be okay. And not everything can be dealt with, you know, in this moment in person at every point. I mean, I think, you know, one of the kind of primary tenets of, of recovery is that, uh, you know, the recovering alcoholic does not have the luxury of, of justifiable anger or resentment. Like, mm -hmm. even though, even if you're angry at somebody and it's completely justifiable because you've been wronged, you do not have the luxury of cultivating that emotion because that is the thing that creates your own suffering and will inevitably lead to your relapse. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the idea is, 
how do you, you know, this, this resentment that you carry towards, you know, into a scenario and that you direct at a certain individual, how do you overcome that? And really the only way of doing that and not to be glib because it's very difficult to do it, um, is to, is to, you know, essentially you can pray for that person or you send them goodwill or you forgive them mm-hmm. for whatever transgression it is. And that is truly the only way that you can free yourself from that charge and that pain that it causes you. And that way you're shifting the dynamic. Mm-hmm. So they tell people like, if, oh, if somebody's wronged you and you can't stand them or whatever it is, you know, just send them goodwill every day or pray, you know, pray for them or meditate on good things happening for that person and over time that resentment will dissipate and eventually go away and that doesn't mean at some point you may not have to have a a conversation with that person and it doesn't mean that you don't create a healthy boundary for yourself and and when it's right you exempt yourself from a social environment where that person is there's all these other things that surround that but ultimately the principle is that really you're the only victim when you resent somebody or you have anger towards them, you're the one who is, you're creating your own suffering over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I have a little distinction that I would shift slightly. And that is that I would say one of the most powerful principles, or, you know, if you want to call the Christ, what a Christ, what an actual Christ principle would be, it would be seeing somebody in their highest divine light and holding that vision for them. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, when, it's essentially, you're saying the same well, thing. Well, it's a little different, and, and I just want to offer, because I think it's a, it's a little trap, because your ego can get trapped in this. When you say pray for somebody or, or send them good thoughts, um, your ego can attach onto that as if you are superior to them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that poor fool, you know? <laughs> and it's... It's it's a trap. Yeah, I see that, so, but it's also like oh, I can't stand that guy. So I'm just all I'm going to do is focus on, on on trying to have good things come into his but life. You, but can you really authentically yeah. do that? No, it doesn't you can't. matter because you're you if you act as if long enough, mm. you can get to that place. I would say just do the do the healing and remove the thing and and deal with it and say what you need to say and then see them in the highest light and then you're free because you're not really involved in their evolution. They, they're involved in their own evolution. The point is to get out, to get out of the right. triangle. But also you have to free yourself from that. Like if, if I'm walking around all day long obsessed with a, with a resentment that I have towards somebody, mm-hmm. how do I free myself from that pain? You need to go in where it's in your body, go into meditation and remove it from yourself. Right, but I how do you remove healed. it? What so I what I'm saying you. is, the way the way that has been helpful to me in removing it is by what I just said. Yeah, but my question to you is, are you successful in being able to send somebody good thoughts when you're feeling resentful about them? That I find I would I would wonder that. Well, no, you have to that's why <laughs> that's where the act as if thing comes. I like see. where and then over time that when you're acting as if, that resentment will begin to dissipate until yeah you wake up one day and you actually tr- truly do wish them wish them well mm. and it's a miraculous experience when that happens because mm. you can't believe that you actually are feeling good things towards mm. a person that used to make you insane wow okay
different perspective. So not that different. That's good. It's really not that different, I don't think. Hmm. I'll have to meditate on that one. All right. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> but I mean, I think, you know, I think also, um, you know, we're talking about the holidays and visiting relatives or having to go to social situations that maybe ordinarily you would choose to avoid, but you feel some obligation towards showing up, showing up at. And I think at times it's okay to say, I'm not going to go, you know, to, you know, what is in, maybe it's not in everyone's best interest for you to show up at the thing where you're expected to show up. Maybe it's okay for you to create a healthy boundary for yourself and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to do that thing that I do every year that doesn't end well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to make those own choices. Definitely. And there's definitely the, you know, um, there's a lot of self-responsibility and, and, you know, there are going to be changes as you evolve and change in your life where there are circumstances that you may not be around the people that you always were your whole life. And it's not always um, painless. It's often painful, and it's hard for us to even understand. In my experience, um, it just naturally will fall that way, you know, after some time. And there's the more you resist, the more suffering you experience. So in just going with the flow and not resisting it, and, you know, chances are, uh, you know, things will just align where you won't, you know, you won't find yourself in the same area of certain individuals after a time, and you just have to let it be. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I feel like we're having this, this like, we're, we're presupposing that holidays are a big downer, because they're not, I actually, you know, I enjoy the holidays. I, I'm not a big fan of going to lots of parties. Like, I just don't, that's not in my nature really anymore. So I don't, like, super relish that aspect of it. But I enjoy the holidays, and I'm looking forward to them. So I don't want it to come off like, oh, no, you know, the holidays are coming. Everybody batten down the hatches. No. It's to, you know, like, and a lot of people absolutely love it and have completely healthy, productive relationships with all of their extended family members. Really? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know. <laughs> Do you know any of those people? No. Yeah, I think I know a few. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think uh, the holidays are a great time, and it's, it's uh, you know, lovely to spend time with family. I think we're just sharing ways to help maintain the, the balance and to try to, to experience a more sustainable, more self-nurturing holiday experience. That's yeah, all. and I think it's, it's difficult to talk about these things. Like, I think there's a lot of people that maybe not dread the holidays, but are like, there are moments that come up during the course of the next, you know, eight weeks that can be uncomfortable and cause consternation and confusion about how to best navigate in a healthy way for all parties involved. And oh, so you know I think it's just good to talk about, to sort of, you know, like release the pressure of talking about that and say that it's okay. And maybe here are a few things that might, might make it a little bit easier for you if you happen to be in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a highly charged time of year. So it's not, you know, there's, there is a correlation between, you know, I mean, it would be highly charged, just the family part of it. But then you add on like the pressure to buy all these gifts for everybody and do all this other stuff. It's like the volume's turned up to 11 and then, and then everyone's eating terrible foods and feeling horrible. (laughs) They get sick. Well, really, I mean, it's, it's really, and it's dark out. It's ex it's excessive. It's excessive. And it's, um, it's not natural. 
and it's and uh, and we have a, a, an opportunity to take back some of the sanity and to to make it a really deep experience. But feel free to say no to some of those scheduled things. You know, choose to you know not drink yourself into you know oblivion, and you know choose to eat healthy food and keep your body fortified so that you don't end up sick. You know, mm-hmm. for weeks at a time. Yeah, and th- and so you're on the other, you get to the other side of the holidays and you go, wow, that was really fun and mm-hmm. awesome, as opposed to that sense of exhaustion and relief that you just survived it. That's right, and you know you can always go for a hike and be outside, or you know go skiing, or you know have a snowball fight, or just do something new and original and different that you've never done. I'm all for tradition, but I'm I'm more for evolution. You know, like if you've, mm-hmm. if we've done something, well, we've done it. So we've done that. So let's do something else. Right. But that's, um, yeah, that's me. What else? What else? Yeah. How, I mean, how, how do you, you know, w- what about the person who does sort of suffer that like post-holiday depression or, I mean, it's so you have this highly charged period of time and then it's over. And then a lot of people are like, you know, they go into like that. It's really that, that depressing. It's a state. really depressing time in my. I mean, I think of the year. It's December is the is the darkest month for me. Just I feel that's how I feel, and it's not. It's because that's the time of the season that it is, and you know, January there's not much happening either. You know, <laughs> like like Jan, the beginning weeks of January are sort of, you know, um, not that exciting as well. So I don't know. I mean, I think that taking care of yourself, making sure that you're, you know, well-nourished, that you're paying attention to your emotions, how you feel, what do you need for yourself, that you don't overextend yourself, that you don't get caught in this debt trap and charge all these things and then, you know, be strapped for, you know, I think there was like a study that they said that there was some high percentage of families in the U.S. that they spent most of the year paying off the debt they incurred around Christmas. Right. So That's I really crazy. don't think we're out of line with like talking about this. I think right. it's actually verified. Right. So the point is, is that it's not going to, it doesn't have to be a bummer if you don't have money or if you choose to have a different experience. You can just create it. And you, you'll have some pushback. I mean, my kids this year on Halloween, they were like, you know, does it have to be on Halloween? And I said, yeah, you know what it does. And why, why? Because we're creating a new way because we love our planet and we love humanity and we're going to try a different way. So that's why. So is that a good enough reason? (laughs) I don't know. So I hope it is. Okay, mom. Well, they did it and they had a blast and they're excited for next year. And we already have people donating stuff. And my big, you know, hope is that other people will join. Maybe we'll start a whole internet infrastructure and we'll take over the world with how, with a plant parent Halloween. No. Yeah. Well, it would be great if be like great. other other families wanted to start doing it and they would start popping up in different towns. That that's would be right. that's the idea really. That's right. And I mean all of our the only thing that our kids, I mean, our beautiful boys who they are they were so supportive of us and so such champions for us during this whole process and you know, they're, they just have a great sense of themselves and they're very grateful and they don't need much. And, um, you know, don't get us wrong. I mean, we love, you know, I love money. I love certain comforts, you know, and I like having really nice things. Um, it's not like, you know, we live in poverty, you know, we live in an amazing place, but, you know, we've been through our moments and yeah, I think these experiences shape us and they, they, 
bring out the best in us. So, you know, don't think that, you know, your kid's going to suffer because, you know, you can't do the big consumer situation that right. it's been. And it's the original rubber band scenario. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, oh, well, I overate and I overdrank. I and, overspent. And now it's January 2nd. <clears throat> I'm in debt. I, I feel horrible. I'm overweight. I'm hungover. And now it's time to make the New Year's resolutions and go on the diet and do all the whole thing. And like, and you're doing this weird slingshot thing mm-hmm. all the time. And there's no balance to mm-hmm. any of that. That's right. And so if you if we do it like this and we just do a little prep, then we're just prepped just to keep moving, just really balanced through the whole thing. We're gonna have a we're gonna have fun, we're gonna have meaning, we're gonna be healthy, we're gonna be well, we're gonna be spiritually connected. But we're not going to go to these extreme levels, which are stressful and detrimental to the body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You want to keep going? I think it's good. I don't know. Yeah. Is there anything else? Well, you never run out of stuff. I mean, we could keep going, but uh, I think that that's bad. a really nice bookend to okay. what we're talking about. And if, if people want, you know, leave a comment on the blog page um, <clears throat> for this episode. And uh, if there's more, dialogue and discussion you guys want to have around the holiday stuff we'd be happy to reconvene and talk about it more but you know leave a comment and let us know um if there are other things that you want to hear more about yeah right absolutely it'd be great yeah cool so um julie pyatt is on twitter at at j-i-c-j-a-i-s-e-e-d but your new favorite social media is instagram instagram i'm srimati at srimati s-r-i-m-a-t-i yeah, you gotta, you gotta. How do I keep link them those the same. Yeah, you know, but you then I gotta say goodbye things. to like the Twitter people, and then like, no, you can change your, you can change and keep my same following. It. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Well, I do that yesterday if I could do it. You're the king of too many names. You gotta too many names. Consolidate. What one am I gonna thing. do? I don't know. Shreemati. So anyway, yeah, on Instagram you're sharing recipes, and you're gonna be mm-hmm. like posting a lot of pictures of holiday recipes. And yes, stuff like and also I'm I'm working hard to get a food blog up. So it's a lot of new things after the new year. So we've got a second cookbook coming. Time, you can just put your food posts up on ritual.com oh. and we'll do it there that way. Thank you. Since Thank we, you so much. We already have that, right? Okay. That's yeah. good. I didn't know I so could do that. <laughs> you can. And uh, for okay. the, for, uh, yeah, if you want to kind of learn more about some of the meditation techniques that Julie talked about today and has talked about in the past, um, you can check out uh, her Jai Release meditation program, which is up on ritual.com. Mm-hmm. It's like nine bucks. Downloadable series of MP3s. And uh, more recipes in the Jai Seed Cookbook. And we're working on a hardcover recipe book. Yes. I don't know when that'll be done and ready to be out, but um, in, it'll soon. be, I don't know, soon. Probably early 2014. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And uh, lots of requests for the Plant Power t-shirts. We are in the middle of reconfiguring the website. You might notice a couple changes. We just changed the header and we're playing around with some new stuff and we're building out a new um, back-end shopping experience and these things take time and are not as simple as sometimes they might seem. So we're trying to get it right. It's taking a little while to configure everything and we're getting all the t-shirts in stock. We're going to have a couple different design options and we should have those up hopefully in time for people to buy them for Christmas or the holidays, but I'm not sure. I, I can't make any commitment on date yet for that. Yeah, we're just, we're really trying to get the color palette the way we want it, and uh, we're working on a new logo, and we, it just has to be right. Yeah, I mean, it's it. easy to slap up 
products, but we want to have some really yeah. cool high-end quality stuff. So we're just trying to, you know, sort of cross the T's and dot the I's. Um, but we will be getting those things up soon. And there's the Mind Body Green course. You can gift that for the holidays too. Might yeah, be that'd cool. be good. Um, at mindbodygreen.com. Mm-hmm. And Julie's music. You can find my music on iTunes. Um, Mother of Mine is my debut album. Um, or you can he- read more about me at srimatimusic.com. Right. And on iTunes, it's just you search Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I, in mm-hmm. the music store, and you can find her album there. That's right. And I just had a, um, I did a video blog for a beautiful singer named Sonnet, um, and it's called Living... Uh, I forgot, living the dream, living your dream. She did a great job. She interviewed me, and there's multiple videos there about the music, and it was really yeah, wonderful. Cool. I'll put a uh, link up to that in the blog post. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd cool. Be cool. And anyway, we had a great gig in Austin. Thanks to everybody who supported, and um, it was really fun to check out. Austin's a great town. We had some great vegan food. The boys and I had a great trip, and we're looking forward to uh, our next gig. We'll let you know where that is. Right on. All right. Uh, Digging the Plant Power mission. Want to support the show, everything that we're doing. Want to expand plant power consciousness. The easiest way to do that is to tell a friend about the show. That's really all we ask. But um, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, particularly all your holiday gifts that you're, of course, getting sewn up and and, and configured before the holidays, <laughs> You're not right? buying very many. Please now. don't buy too many things. <laughs> but if you are going to buy uh, stuff on Amazon, click through the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com. It will not cost you a penny extra. And uh, Amazon throws us a couple nickels, and uh, that keeps the bandwidth flowing, and we appreciate it. There's been a lot of people using it. It's great. I think I'm going to start reading off like some of the interesting purchases that people are so we can see using. Yeah, because I can trending, get, no, trending. I can look on like I can look at all the things that have been bought. I want to uh, see. Yeah, I'll show you. There's some cool That's stuff. Great. So maybe next week I'll pick a few and uh, give some shout outs to That's some right. people. So we really appreciate that. Thank you for all the comments um, and five star reviews on iTunes. We love that. That helps us with the iTunes ranking. So. If it feels right to you, uh, go to the iTunes page for the show and leave us a nice comment. If you haven't done so already, subscribe at richroll.com and you get a free seven recipe download. And then you'll be on our mailing list for our newsletters. To date, I've been sending out sort of podcast announcements. um, And we're going to start sending out more informational, like a weekly email with kind of a curated... um, sort of a a curated newsletter of interesting sort of topical news stories and videos and blog posts that are all kind of related to plant-based nutrition, fitness, health, all the theme, all the sort of themes and things that we talk about on the podcast. That's great. So yeah, sign up. uh, This is little subscription thing at richroll.com. You can check that out there. And uh, I think that's it, right? That's it. I think Yeah, people can donate to the podcast if they want. And that's great. We appreciate yeah. that Some greatly. people have been doing that, which is mm-hmm. really super awesome. So yeah, it helps us thank a lot. you thank very you much. So much. It's touching that people would spend their hard-earned money to uh, pay for something that uh, is is free and will always be free. So we thank you. greatly appreciate that. So join the Plant Power Nation. It's a movement, people. Come on. Are you on board? <laughs> Get on board. All right. Are we done? You can I say think goodbye? we're done. All right, cool. Happy holidays, everyone. Have a beautiful journey, and we'll see you next time. I think you'll be back before 
the holidays. Oh, I'm excited we'll to prepare my next show. Yeah. All okay. Right. Namaste. All right, Thank you. Peace. Plants. <laughs> <laughs>